0: So this video is about trends in non-surgical and surgical facelifts. It might seem that there are hundreds of different types of facelifts out there. There are non-surgical facelifts, there's liquid facelifts, there's lunchtime facelifts, and there's all kinds of different names for actual facelifts. And so we'll try and and demystify this a little bit if we can. So we'll talk first about what is a traditional surgical facelift. And this is what a facelift, that's what the term facelift means. It's a surgical procedure. It's aimed at elevating the skin, the underlying muscle, to reposition the facial volume, tighten the facial skin. Uh, And and this is something that, unfortunately, does require surgery. Uh, You need to incise the skin, it needs to be removed, so there's a scar that results from that. And it's very well hidden in and around the ear and the hairline, it's not really an issue. Um, But, you know, some people like the idea of, of trying to do a surgical procedure without actually doing surgery and so you know there's this advent of, of all kinds of non-surgical techniques to try and 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 mimic that so one of the trends we're seeing these days is minimally invasive surgeries so what does that mean I think in general what we try and do as surgeons and we've always tried to do as surgeons is is try and focus on techniques and procedures that can get a good result without being too invasive so lifting less skin, making a smaller incision, uh, don't opening, not opening up the neck in patients that don't need it, uh, not performing ancillary procedures like blepharoplasties or brow lifts in patients who don't need it. So we, we're constantly trying to make our surgical techniques more efficient, trying to do less surgery and get the same result. But there's a point at which there are surgical principles, principles that you really, you know, and laws of physics, that you really have to abide by and if you're not actually pulling on something in a in a very specific direction or if you're not removing skin when there's extra skin you're not going to achieve the result that you uh, are hoping so at this stage in history we certainly don't have technology that can specifically move your jowl up along your jawline or volumize your cheek or or remove extra skin without doing that surgically this is very precise delicate work It requires years and years of experience. It requires years and years of training. And I don't think you can expect a machine to just be applied to your skin and suddenly give you a facelift. So, you know, I I think, you know, if something sounds too good to be true, so it's important as surgeons that we constantly try and develop less invasive techniques for the procedures that we're doing. But you have to be aware that sometimes these minimally invasive techniques are just not adequate for some people. You, they, may, they may help, but they may not give the improvement that they are hoping for. And I think a lot of times people can be disappointed uh, by these techniques. I'll give you an example of the mini lift. This is a procedure that has become very popular. It's something that I do a lot of. I think it's, it's a terrific surgery. However, I really think it focuses mainly on sharpening the jawline. And some patients just have a little bit of laxity, sharpening it looks great no other issues, and I think it's a terrific procedure. Why do a big facelift for someone that just needs a little bit of, of jaw tightening? Now, the, the, all, the other side of the, of the coin is, is those patients who come, who have a loose neck, who, who look very heavy in the neck, and it's, it's out of keeping with the rest of their features, a mini lift's not gonna help them. And although they wanna do something less invasive with a shorter recovery period, I think that they're doing themselves a disservice by not addressing some of the significant laxity that they have by doing a proper facelift. So although there's lots of different ways of of performing surgeries, I think that some of the less invasive ones, although they're very helpful, they're not right for everybody. The the next trend is the non-surgical trend. And this is a huge part of our practice. We do laser resurfacing, all types of broadband light treatments, Botox fillers, Any non-surgical treatment that's available for facial rejuvenation we do and so I'm a big fan but what we don't do is we don't call them facelifts there's no such thing you know adding volume to someone's cheek does not give you a facelift using Botox around the eyes or or heaven forbid in the neck which I don't understand why people would do um, that doesn't give a facelift at all what Botox and fillers do is they specifically treat wrinkles, volume loss, and they're fantastic for that. They're much better than the facelift surgeries that I do for what they do, but they're not surgery. So some of the terms you might hear are liquid facelift, lunchtime facelift, thread lift. These are all procedures that, that, that have an effect, but the effect is not that they are equivalent to or are anywhere near what a facelift is. They're totally different. So a liquid facelift, which is really re-volumization of some of the subcutaneous fat pads, is very helpful. In patients who have volume loss, perhaps in their 30s, early 40s, flattening of the cheek, hollowing of the temples, this is a great technique. Even patients who have a slightly small chin that in the the past might have considered having a chin implant, can often get significant augmentation of the the chin with a simple in-office treatment. These are great treatments just not facelifts. I don't want to say that these are not useful treatments, they're fantastic. It's just I think you have to be very careful um, not to expect a facelift result from something that is not a facelift. The next topic is surgical facelifts that are marketed as lunchtime or weekend. Uh, Often they're not actual facelifts at all, so there is not a surgical incision, there's no elevation or removal of skin. Sometimes uh, practices will market Uh, Broadband light treatments or ultrasound treatments that that heat the skin that cause a little bit of skin tightening as a facelift So just be cautious about that Uh, you know ask them to provide you with detailed explanation of what's going to be done if it's actually a device that's being used or fillers that are being used You know, that's not a facelift I think you know get them to be a little more truthful with you about what the procedure really is so I think if someone's doing a uh, you know, an ultrasound treatment on your face and calling that a facelift, sure you're going to recover over the weekend, you know, because you actually haven't had a facelift. So just make sure you're comparing apples to apples when you're deciding on the type of procedure that you want to have. I'm not saying that, that skin tightening procedures or laser procedures on the face aren't good. I think they're excellent. It's just that they're not going to do the same thing as a facelift. And if you don't need a facelift, and what you really need is just some skin tightening and resurfacing of your skin, that's what you should do. You know, I just don't think practices should really be calling those facelifts. So that wraps up our video on on some of the new trends in facial rejuvenation surgery. And in the next video, we're gonna talk about some very effective and valid non-surgical techniques for improvement in facial aging.